welcome back, it's time for Customers Who Click. I'm all ears to anything related to improving on-site experiences, and especially when thinking about how we can take the best bits of the in-store experience and turn them into online ones. Today's guest is Eric Melko, the Partnership and Personalization Ambassador at Optimunk. I'm sure you've all thought about how different the online approach is to in-store. There's no salesperson to hand, you can't actually touch or try out any products, but you're still there to make a purchase. So how can brands create a more personalized experience to help nudge customers down the route towards a purchase? Let's get Eric on to find out. Hi, Eric. Thanks for joining me today. Would you mind giving us a bit bit of your background, you know, an introduction to yourself and how you've got to where you are today? Yeah, well, pleasure to be here. So about me, I'm a mediocre digital marketer. So I say that because once I left corporate America and moved into the tech startup scene, I struggled with all the things you needed to know and understand when it comes to growing a business or specifically a startup. So for example, when I was working for Fortune 500 companies, I never talked to customers. I just looked at NPS scores and I reported on them and that was it. But for OptiMonk and the previous startup I worked at, I talked to customers all the time, whether it's onboarding them, doing one-to-one demos, or giving webinars, showing how the product can do everything from conversion optimization to deciding which personalization tactics to implement first. So just to take a step back, Optimunk initially, we started as a website optimization platform for e-commerce companies. And with the platform, brands can do everything from A-B testing, their email lists, retrieving card abandoners. But then we realized that many companies needed to understand how to increase their ROI on marketing spend and implement personalization into their buying journey but they just didn't know how or nor did they have the tools to be able to do this. And so we built a website personalization platform that provides a set of tools uh, that allows commerce brands and marketers to implement more than 30 different tactics related to personalization. We also, we're also launching website personalization boot camps where I share with attendees a personalization checklist and show them how to uncover all the top opportunities in their website. We're also launching e-commerce business reality show where we invite e-commerce brands that make between $1 to $10 million a year in revenue, but have a desire to 10 times that. And we give them an opportunity to work with top-notch e-commerce experts and implement tried and tested website personalization tactics for their business for free over a three-month period. So that's a little bit about who I am and what we do. So Eric, what gets customers clicking these days? Yeah. So we're all about getting customers to click. I mean. OptiMuck was founded as an exit intent pop-up tool back in 2014. And then we provided some more tools, things like pop-ups for on how to get your abandoned cart, you know, people that were that were trying to leave their shopping cart. And then also A-B testing and welcome pop-ups and pop-ups for returning visitors and VIP customers. And so we're all about getting customers to click. I mean, if that's one thing that we do pretty well, it's like for every type of visitor that you have, whether it's a returning, a new visitor, a VIP visitor, a visitor from an email you know, campaign, or even a paid search ad, we've got the tools necessary to get, you, to get them clicking more on your website. Yeah, great. So you know, one thing I talk about a lot is when, when I talk about CRO, the, the goal is always kind of, the, the conversion goal is always really what the customer wants to do. I don't know if exp- I've explained that particularly well this time, but what I mean is, you know, if, if someone comes to a website to contact customer service or to unsubscribe from emails or to check their account, everything should be as, as easy as possible. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas I think a lot of companies go down the route of anyone who is visiting our website clearly wants to buy. So let's 
shove everything we can in their faces to get an email address, get them to a product and get them to purchase. Absolutely. I mean, that's such a bad experience. I mean, you said it right there. Let's get in front of their faces and shove everything at them. And that's what you see for, for most brands nowadays is that you're bombarded with all these pop-ups that appear immediately once you land on the site. They don't know anything about you, but they're trying to pull this information from you. You know, give us your contact details, your SMS number, your email, you know, click here. Or if you don't, if you don't take advantage of this offer in the next 10 minutes, you're going to lose the discount opportunity. And that's what we become accustomed to, unfortunately. And that's what the typical online experience is these days. And we're trying to, to, to flip that. You know, we're trying to make it more of, of what you experience in, in, a, in a real in-store experience. I mean, Will, when was the last time you walked into a retail store and immediately when you walked in, they said, hey, you got 10 minutes to buy this product or it's full price afterwards. Has that ever happened to you? I'm trying to think because it feels like the sort of thing that must have happened at least once. But it I'm probably about, hasn't. I'm talking about an in-store experience. In oh, person. yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I, I can't think of anything. Yeah. Maybe there's, if it has happened, it's been more like a, a like a limited edition thing. Right. It's uh, it's just so rare. No, it, it probably hasn't. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I've never had it happen to me. I've never walked in a store and immediately they said, Hey, give us your email address and we'll give you 10% off. You know, as soon as I step foot into the store, never happened. Now what has happened? And I remember walking into Apple and they asked me, you know, can we help you with anything? And I said, sure. I I'm interested in looking at, you know, iPads. And they took me to the kiosk where the iPads were. And they said, well, what's the main reason you're interested in these? And I said, well, I would like to make video calls. And so the person, he asked his colleague to go to go stand at the end of the store, and he showed me how easily it was to set up and make a video call. And we did it right there in real time. And before I knew it, I was on a video call with this colleague who was at the other end of the store. And I just, I ended up walking out with an iPad. I mean, that was just a great, you know, he held my hand, asked me what I was interested in, and just showed me, you know, how easily it was to set that up. And it was pretty basic. And so we're trying to do that online, make the online shopping experience very similar to the in-person experience. And we're trying to give marketers the tools to be able to do that. Yeah, it's in interesting. Because I, I, I've talked about this before as well, like how to, how to build a an online experience, which is more similar to in-store. But actually, this has just, just come back to me for some reason. I remember having a little rant on LinkedIn a few years ago now, probably about five years ago, about how I, I went, where did I go? I went shopping somewhere, somewhere in London, might be in Oxford Street or something. I went into all these stores and literally no one approached me to ask what I needed, like if I needed any help. Yeah. So it, it, certain brands do it well, really well, like Apple, John Lewis here are quite good at it. But so many just like the the kind of fast fashion brands in particular, yeah, their, their staff just aren't, aren't trained to care. Yeah. Are you sure you weren't in Bucharest? <laughs> yeah, no. yeah no, i mean it, it it varies by by not just brand but i also think culture as well and so you know with online though you don't really know where that person's coming from and nowadays with global e-commerce and you could be getting visitors from the other side of the world you know you want to try to give them the best experience as 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 amazing as you can i mean one example a retailer that does this really well 
is uh, Woodhouse Clothing, and they're a U.S. retailer, but it website and you're from another country, for example, if I go to their website, I see a little message that appears and it says, we ship to Romania. Because I'm in Romania right now, it's, it says you can shop in your own currency and all prices, prices include taxes. And all orders are free if the order is above 500 lei. And that's that, that to me is just a really nice message. It reassures me that they deliver to my location. It gives me a sense of comfort and security knowing that they appreciate me and that I'm able to ship, I'm able to shop on their website without wasting any sort of time or wondering, hey, you know, am I paying the the, the full price here? I think it comes to online that uh, even you if you don't know much about your customer, just 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 knowing where they are from their IP address, there's there's a lot you can do there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I really like it when you land on a on a website and it says, oh, you're on our US website. Do you want to shop the UK website? And it's I've maybe it's because I'm in this. I work in this space. I've done a lot of personalization before. I obviously do like trying to build better experiences. But I always feel like I'm going to get a UK tailored experience by clicking yes on those on those pop ups. When in actual fact, majority of the time, the only thing that changes is the currency and the price. Pretty much nothing else changes. Yeah. You know, obviously, maybe it will say free shipping at fifty pounds instead of fifty dollars, something like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I have. I w- I've always been a bit disappointed with that. I don't know what I'm expecting, obviously, but I, I kind of feel like there's a, a lot more opportunity to personalize the experience a bit more based on the fact that I'm in the UK. Yeah. Well, one of the things that we we allow you to do is actually upload images that are. That relate that are specific to your country. Okay. Okay. We could show the the UK flag, or we could show an image of like one of the you know the soldiers that are in front of the palace, the ones with the they're wearing red, and uh, they're they're famous because you can't make them laugh or do anything different. But yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> and if you were from France, you know we could show the uh, the French flag or the Eiffel Tower. So that's something that some of our brands take advantage of, and really quickly before you even read the text, you just see the image and it says, hey, welcome from Australia. And you see the Australian flag, you're thinking, oh, that's cool. They know that I'm visiting from Australia and they're telling me they can ship here. And so I don't even really have to to read anything to just very quickly in less than a nanosecond know that they know you know, where I'm coming from and they're informing me that, hey, you, you can shop here. Yeah, I think I don't know. I think it needs a bit more than that. Obviously, it's recognized the fact that they're in a different country because that, that pop-up's occurred. Or, or maybe maybe it doesn't because you don't have to have that sort of thing. But obviously, yeah, something that aids the experience would be good. And like I say, off the top of my head, I don't know what this is. But if you if a brand well, just changed some of the imagery and stuff, that's it's not going to affect my decision to purchase. Oh, absolutely not. And that's just based... Everything is based on data, right? And so if a brand knows nothing about you, but they all they know is your location, right? That you're coming from the UK, then it's very limited at what they can do. Of course, they can tell you about shipping information if they ship to the UK with imagery that shows the, the British flag, right? Or the flag of the UK, right? But until they learn about you, until they start assessing the behavior and seeing what you're clicking on, what your interests are, or start trying to get interest-based data, which is zero-based data, there's not much more that they can do, right? Now, it gets really exciting if they start asking you questions. There's a there's a brand out there called Wink.com, 
This is a very good example of this. They're one of the fastest growing wineries in the world. They're an e-commerce subscription wine brand with over 500,000 customers. But if you go to their website, and even if they don't know anything about you, you can design like your custom wine box. And so they begin by asking you these questions. Do you prefer red or white wine? What kind of flavors do you like? Do you like citrus, cranberry, you know, melon, strawberry? And there's another question. It's kind of funny. It's, hey, some lunatic mixed Skittles and M&Ms in the same bowl. Which do you pick out, M&Ms or, or both or, or Skittles? Then ask you a question like, which food do you like? Do you like burgers, you know, Chinese food, Thai food, chocolate cake? And then after all that, it's collected all this interest data about you, and it's able to decipher what your custom wine box should look like. And if you want to see that, of course, you can enter your date of, board, your date of birth and your email address. And so, you know, based on that, they have everything, virtually everything they need to really target you with the content that's valuable for you. And so that's a great example of personalization based on the behavior and interests of the visitor to the website. Yes, that sort of stuff I really like. And I've, I've wanted to test something like that for quite a while, partic particularly with something like wine or, or maybe whiskey or coffee, something like that, where you're asking questions that the customer should, should know the answer to, but that will tell you which product they would prefer. So, you know, the examples yep. I always yep. use are things like, you know, if we're talking about whiskey, I'm a, I'm a whiskey drinker, you know, the questions might be like, how do you, how do you have your coffee? Right. Is it, do you have it black? Do you have a latte? Is it a, like an espresso or is it tea? And you, know, you don't drink the coffee, you drink tea or a hot chocolate or something. And then another question might be like, you're at a restaurant, you're about to have dessert. Which of these desserts do you pick? Yeah. Uh, chocolate brownie, lemon tart, cheese board, or I don't know, ice cream or fruit salad or something. Yeah. And these are questions which the customer should be able to just say, that's what I would pick. Like yeah. they don't have to think about how exactly. it relates to whiskey. They're not, they're not saying, do you prefer a citrusy or a floral whiskey or anything like that? It's just, what's your preference? When you answer yeah. all those questions, the business can say, excellent, but based on your answers, we think you'd like this whiskey or these wines yeah. or whatever. So I, I really like that sort of thing. Absolutely. And you don't have to be a brand that, that you don't have to go as deep. I mean, if you're, even if you're a simple brand, let's say a fitness brand or a health brand, you can just ask one simple question, you know, what is your biggest pain point? And if you, if you're a brand that focuses on helping customers lose weight or gain muscle or sleep better, you can ask, you know, you can just provide those three choices. You know, what are you mainly interested in? And once the customer selects, I'm interested in losing weight, then you can say, great, you know, here's our, our top selling products on weight loss, right? Also, would you like to receive our top 10 hacks on how to maintain your new weight? You know, if so, enter your email address and we'll send you this, this content, right? So you don't really need to go as deep as the wink example, as the wine example or the coffee example. You can just start by very simple one question, give a few options. And based on that, you know, where you should take that person to the to the part of the website that's most valuable to them or showcase the the products that they're they're probably going to find you know most interesting absolutely and i think i've mentioned this on the podcast a couple of times there's a brand that i would 100% recommend checking out because I, I i went through their sign up process again a few days ago it's called noom n o o m 
Okay. And it's a it's like a fitness app. They the their their positioning, their acquisition offer is is basically a quiz and we will put together your, I believe, fitness and nutrition plan to help you get to the weight that you want to be. And they ask you loads and loads of questions, but they also break up the sections. So I mean it's a long, it is a long quiz. I want to say there's probably like 50 questions. Oh wow. But they they really cleverly break it up. So they will ask you for like personal information right at the start. Fine, you answer those. And then it will it will display us like a splash screen, which will just say something like 60% of new premium members achieve their goals within three months. Whatever, you know, whatever. And then it will ask you questions like, you know, how much do you weigh? What's your height? What's your gender? How active are you? What, what's your target goal? And then once you've answered those, it will do a calculation and it will say, and I, I don't know, I don't know what exactly they base or how exactly they do this, obviously, but they will, yeah. they will do a calculation. It will say, oh, we reckon, oh, that's the thing. You, you put in a date for your goal as well, I think. So I did my birthday. Um, this first calculation said, oh, we, you're going to hit like 10 days before your birthday. That's when you'll hit your goal. But then you answer some more questions and it does it again. It does a recalculation and it pulls that date in even more. So you're really getting the feeling that by answering these questions, it really is building out a plan that's going to help you hit those goals. And that the way I'm answering those questions means actually I can I can hit my goal in a month, not three or, or in three months instead of five months. Yeah, you're getting a customized plan based on you know the uh, the action that that you've that you've taken and based on your behavior. So, well, that, well that's the I, thing. I, I I don't know for sure it's th- that that customer plan. All I know is that, and this is just obviously it's me being the marketer again. All I know is that they are giving the perception that it is a a personalized plan. Yeah, and it and they strengthen that perception by breaking it down into those stages and having and it recalculate. And that's all that matters, right, Will? I mean, yeah, is the yeah. perception. That's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, I I would never suggest like manipulating people or 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 just faking things completely. But they're obviously pretty confident in their in what their offer does. Yeah. Um, so yeah, well, I'm, I, I don't <laughs> I'm also interested in in your uh, in 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 your in the results of your your workouts here, though. <laughs> like, when did you start, and when is your thirty days? Well, so- for some reason, I don't know why, but for some reason, I didn't complete the 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 purchase. And they've they've actually got a really interesting like trial setup. You can yeah. pay. You get. I think you get three options. You can pay a pound. You can pay nine pounds. I can't remember what this gets you. I don't think it gets you a thirty day trial. I think it's a seven day trial. You can pay a pound, nine pounds, or I think eighteen. And the, they justify this by saying it costs them nine pounds to do a trial, to offer a trial. Uh, so you can either, if, like, if you if you don't have the money, you can pay a pound and check it out, or you can pay nine, or you can fund someone else having a trial. Ooh. I would love to know the numbers behind these and how many people select which option. Um, yeah. and, that and last option like, is pretty interesting. I've never even heard of that, to, to fund somebody else, like, you know, pay it for. That, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. I mean, I've seen pay it forward stuff before, but not in a, not in a like purely remote digital format like that, where yeah. I'm I'm never going to know 
I mean, I suppose when you pay it forwards, you don't necessarily know who who benefits from it. But yeah, it just it feels a bit detached to me. Yeah. But may, maybe it maybe it just maybe it's a, what's the term? It's not an angle. Maybe it it encourages more people to pay the nine pounds instead of the one, rather than yeah. encouraging people to pay the eighteen. Yeah, it also has that feel good aspect. I mean, you feel good when you do something nice for somebody else. Now, on the digital in the digital world, I don't know how meaningful that's going to be. I mean, a few weeks ago. I bought a, a latte for the lady who works at my hairdressing place. She happened to be behind me and you know, it was just like a nice gesture and I felt pretty good about doing that. But doing it online, like you said, you don't know who benefits from it. I'm not so sure how impactful that will be. But if it's if it's a tactic to just get the higher the higher you know price point and and the next level of, of or just, you know, by the next level then then maybe it works. Who who knows? Yeah. I mean, I've I know I've used I, I've I know we're going probably a little bit off topic actually, but I, I've used different pricing to to get people to do to take the option that I want them to take, rather than what it might look like to the customers, which is just that there are three options. Yeah. Right? So I remember I remember a subscription option, subscription function we had. One of the companies I worked at, you could have a, a you could have a free membership, or you could pay nine pounds, or nineteen or eighteen, I think. And I, and and then the membership gave you different rates for the actual product. So it was a bit like Zipcar. Um, so that the if you paid the fit the the eighteen pound version, you got cheaper hourly rates on the cars. So I pulled that down to fifteen pounds, and we saw a, a much better uptake on that. But we also saw a shift from free to the nine pounds as well. Yeah. So, so yeah, we we got a, a better conversion rate there as well. But yeah, back to back to onsite, like online personalization. Um, what's what's the what's the low hanging fruit? What's the if someone if if a business is doing nothing, yeah. nothing particularly special? I mean, I'm I'm not talking just like acknowledging a currency or something. What what are some of the easiest things you can start with, and then yeah. we'll go into well, we'll go okay. into the next level after that. Yeah, if you're not using a, a platform like Optimunk, right? I would say. Just start removing the bad experiences from, you know, from the online journey. Things like, like if you're immediately showing a pop-up as soon as somebody gets to your website, you know, they haven't even started scrolling or even been there for 30 seconds, you know, stop doing that. If you're displaying the same, you know, coupon code, regardless of the season or the month, you know, maybe you're displaying, hey, sign up 15% off and the coupon code is VIP15, then one little tactic you can do differently is every month just add the month name to the discount. So instead of VIP 15, it's February VIP 15. Again, this is really not personalization. These are just tactics that can help improve your conversions and help remove some of the um, the bad experiences that people may be experiencing. And something we we touched up on earlier is the sense of urgency. Things like deadlines. Now, obviously, these things do drive sales, but you know what? What you're doing is, in the long run, is that you're creating a customer who is basically just buying from you because they, they're getting a discount, and they'll probably never want to get, want to pay full price ever because you just, you know, they just know that oh, if I just go here, then I take advantage of this discount offer. I know that if I go back next week on a, a different browser, I'll probably see the same discount deadline messaging as as well. That sense of urgency that a false sense of urgency that you're trying to create. So I would start there. Yeah, the urgency ones are interesting. I think a lot of people are aware that there's no urgency on discounts anymore, un- unless 
unless you've very much made that a part of your brand and people are well aware that you as a brand only offer a discount like once a year or something. But I think for the most part, when you see a brand saying, you know, you've only got 24 hours to claim this discount, you know, that you're just going to be hit with another one in a, in a week's yeah. time or whatever. I mean, I've had brands just like hammer the inbox with discounts all the time. And then they'll say, you know, our, our like Black Friday sales only only on for another 24 hours. And then after that 24 hours, they do an extended better Black Friday sale. And you're just like, why why would anyone pay full price? It's just a bit annoying, yeah. really. Yeah. What I found works really well with with timers though is related to shipping. So just like Amazon does, you know, if order it within the next five hours or whatever and receive it tomorrow. Or yeah. Or it'll be shipped to yeah. Weird, weirdly, I, I ran a test and and shipped today worked better than delivered delivered tomorrow. Whatever the, I can't I, remember what the text was. That's so interesting. I've never seen that, but it may be because Amazon really doesn't have much of a presence here in in Romania. But I've never seen that. But that's interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it, so in the UK, I think it's different than the US. Their their timeframes are a little bit different, but Prime. Amazon Prime delivery is next day, as okay. long as you do it by a certain time. And even okay. then, it's based on the item you're buying, you know, where that item is located and and where you are in, in relation to that. You know, I've I've been able to order things and receive it same day if I've if I've ordered it early enough. You know, it'd be delivery by 10 p.m. Most stuff I can get tomorrow. And it's just fantastic. And it sets expectations, right? Now, generally. It's, I, I don't think it's not necessarily next day delivery, which is the expectation in the UK, but free delivery is now basically table stakes. My how things change, how fast Sorry? you can get things versus you know ten years ago, how fast you can get things shipped to you. It's insane, yeah. isn't it? I, I remember when like five to it wasn't even that long ago. I'm not that old, so when I say I remember when, <laughs> not even that long ago, that you were looking at standard delivery of five to seven days. Yeah. Then it went down to three to five here. And now, yeah, pretty much everything is, yeah, mo- most things are, are get it tomorrow or get it get it within one to two days. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So, what's what's the next level? So, get those yeah. initial things out of the place, out of the place, out of the way. Once you've got a few bits in in place, what's what what can just raise you up above the competition a little bit? Yeah. Why well, I. I think personally, I think attending one of our personalization boot camps. I mean, these are like one hour boot camps online. We show you how to uncover all the top personalization opportunities on your website. We have this uh, checklist that you can look at. And it's like a discovery phase. I mean, we ask you questions like, do you offer free shipping above a certain threshold? And if the answer is yes, then we're going to show you how to promote that on your website. Do you have different domains and languages for different visitors? Again, if the answer is yes, then we're going to show you how to you can redirect visitors to the to the right country's website. Are you building an SMS list in addition to your email list? If it's the answer is yes, then great. We have this thing called the Trojan Horse mes- method, and it's a, it's an easy way to build both your email and SMS list. Or like in the examples that we shared, do you want to collect zero zero party data like interest based data, and uh, try to get more emails and get more people to subscribe to subscribe so where you can do email marketing? Then we're going to show you how to do that with gamification or quizzes by asking those fun questions that people can answer, and that way we can deliver the right content and the right products to them. So, I I'd say that you know personalization platform is kind of like Google Analytics. People know how to set it up and turn it on, 
but you're not really going to get much out of it if you don't really understand how to navigate the ward of GA and pull the right report and know where to look and get the right information. So just by attending you know, an Optimum Bootcamp, uh, you'll uncover a lot. And uh, we show you how to auto rank these different opportunities based on what we believe is, is the impact and the effort required for implementing some of these tactics. Uh, so that, that would be my, my suggestion there. But again, you need a personalization platform to do a lot of these things. There's, there's other ones out there that are a little bit more sophisticated, but also harder to use with our platform. It's really designed for marketers. It's mostly a drag and drop interface. You don't need to know any coding and you don't really need any, you know, big IT teams to, to manage this. I mean, I don't even know HTML and I, I, I know how to manage the platform. So that, that should give you some idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think. One of the one of the big issues I see, and I, I see it basically everywhere in marketing, is that there's so many people in marketing who are not actually marketers. They are platform people. So they know how to set up ads in Facebook, right? And they know, you know, to change up creative. They know how to test creative a bit, but they don't really understand why people react in certain ways. Right. It's why people are always so so concerned about low conversion rates with Facebook ads. And it's like, well, it's because the intent's low, isn't it? Unless you're retargeting people. And I think the same probably applies to most personalization platforms, right? And and actually loads of apps that I see people install. They install it because they they're promised improvements and improvements in conversion and AOV and stuff, but they don't have a clue what they're exactly. actually doing. Yep. So I think I think that's it's an area that definitely needs a bit of education, a bit of support, really. Yeah. So we're excited about that. We'll be doing these basically every other week. I'll be doing these and uh, we're going to be starting them at the end of January. And so you can learn more if you just go to optimunk.com forward slash bootcamp. And we'll provide uh, not just a workshop here, but also a personalization project plan template and sort of a checklist. So we kind of like give you a guide on how to do this properly. And some of them, you'll, you'll, even if you don't sign up for the platform, you could probably just take this information that we're you know, sharing with you and uh, apply it to another platform that you may want to use as well. Cool. So just before we finish up, is there anyone in the e-commerce marketing space you'd want to have lunch with? I think Valentin Radu, he is the founder of OmniConvert. And the, and the cool thing is, is that he's actually based in Bucharest. So we're going to be getting together, I think, in the near future. But he's somebody that I think it'd be cool to have lunch with. Yeah, that's a great great choice, actually. He's going to be on the podcast soon as well. And, <laughs> and finally, apart from Optimunk, obviously, are there any any other tools that you recommend? Anything? Yeah. Yeah. Anything that you use regularly? One tool I actually discovered literally today, it's called Abney, A-B-N-E-Y. And uh, it's for automated written assets. So basically, let's say you have a podcast or a video, you upload the, uh, the, you upload the video and they will actually churn out a summary of the show, what you can use for social posts, like on LinkedIn and Facebook, tweets that you can use for the show and show notes. So I think that is very powerful. And so I'm, I'm going to start using that for, for my own personal podcast. The other tools that I use, Canva, Socialbee for social media distribution and scheduling and uh, Text Expander. Uh, but Text Expander is a bit bad for LinkedIn that I recently discovered because they think it's an automation tool when actually all you do is type a few different you know, keys and it auto populates the rest of uh, the rest of the message. So if there's like a comment reply or a message that you send, to like new connections, then you can just type in 
you know, LinkedIn reply, comma, and it autofills that, but it's not good for LinkedIn, but it's still good for other, you know, Gmail or anything else that you may be, you may need it for as well. It's really interesting that you mentioned Abney because I use it. I've been using it for about a month, probably. Oh, wow. How um, do you like it? It's it's pretty cool. I've had some hiccups with it recently because it's a, it's obviously AI driven. It, it wrote a blog post for the wrong episode. Okay. I don't want to go into too much. It's not really a criticism because it's I, I, it's generally great, but it just seems to have taken the the very end out of the outro. So where I say at the end of every episode, I'll say, you know, next up, I've got this person who's going to talk about this with me, mm-hmm. and it just seems to have really, really focused on that bit and and written the blog post about that sentence. And it's written, <laughs> it's it's written like a thousand word blog post based off of one sentence, which is quite impressive, <laughs> but it's just a bit annoying that it's, it's picked the wrong topic. It's impressive. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's definitely a cool tool. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So if, uh, if anyone wants to find out more and contact you, what's the best way of doing that? Yeah. Optimunk.com forward slash bootcamp to learn more about these bootcamps that I'll be uh, presenting. And then the other cool thing is e-commerce revolution. We're going to be launching the first e-commerce business reality show. And so if you just go to optimunk.com, you'll see more information about that. But we're going to help a few different e-commerce brands try to scale their for free over three months. You get to work with us and we'll implement tried and true tactics that have worked for other clients. And so uh, that's something else that may interest, that may interest you as well. That does sound pretty cool. Yeah, I'd love to check that out. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Eric. Thank you. So as we just heard from Eric, there's a lot of work to do on the on-site experience as it's still so far off the experience you can get in store. There are some easy changes to make and some more involved changes that might take uh, some more time, need a bit of testing. But the important thing is that you're working on it. Better experiences online lead to better conversion rates and better retention. You're no longer just that website someone bought something from. You're that brand who gave them a wonderful experience and helped them find exactly what they were looking for. If you'd like to learn more from Eric, you can find him on LinkedIn. Any other questions, feedback, or guest requests, please send them over to will at customerswhoclick.com or DM me on LinkedIn. Next up, I've got Hannah Lipschutz joining me. We're going to be talking about how to craft email sequences that will keep your customers coming back for more. But until then, keep those customers clicking.